So with that being said, listen, I want us to jump into uh, the teaching this morning. I'm going to start a new teaching this morning um, entitled uh, Steps to Spiritual Maturity. We're talking about steps to spiritual maturity because I'm a believer that if we are expecting to see God do the things that we want him to do in our life, then we have to begin to have some tough conversations with ourselves. And we have to begin to say things like, hey, it's time for me to grow up. The Bible says it like this. It says, when I was a child, I thought as a child, I, I behaved as a child, I thought as a child. It says, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. So at some point in our lives, we have to begin to not give ourselves excuses for the shortcomings we used to have, amen? We have to begin to grow up and grow into the things of God so that the things God wants to give to us, we are able to steward those things properly. And so this morning, we're gonna be talking about what do we need to do in order to grow up in Christ? What must we do to take the proper steps so that we can begin to see some spiritual maturity in our lives. Now, don't cut me off. I know a lot of people don't like this kind of teaching. They must put, they much more prefer somebody to come and say, oh, you next in line for a miracle. Your breakthrough is right around the corner. I can see millionaire status all over you. And all of that is true, but it never gets to come to fruition if you don't grow up in the things of God. Amen. In fact, go ahead and type in the comment section, say it's time to grow up. Say it's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. If we were in church service, I'd have you slap high five with three, three to five people and say it is time to grow up. Now, I'm going to be talking today and kind of sharing with you some of these steps, but I want to make a connection. And the connection I want to make is I want to make a connection between what we know and understand in this natural physical world and how we can look at what happens in this natural and physical world and then equate it to what happens in the spirit. Because God tells us in his word that we are able to look out over creation. We are able to look at what happens in the natural and that we can glean or learn spiritual principles from it. In fact, the Bible teaches us that God's creation and how things work in this natural world actually reveals aspects of his nature. He says that we can look around this natural world. We can, we can see how things operate. We can see how just like God set the moon in the sky and we know that the tide, is, is it, it operates based off high tide and low tide on what the moon is doing. And it never has to be reminded. We can look at how stars are positioned and, and we can pinpoint them with accuracy because God has placed them at certain places in the universe. This speaks to us if we're, if we're aware about the nature of who God is. And, and in fact, the Bible tells us that by viewing and understanding how he created things to work in this natural world, that it can be used so that we can learn spiritual truths from it. In fact, if you were to go to your Bible in Romans chapter one, Verse 20, it says this, it says, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, listen to that, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, he's, his internal power and divine nature, those are his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, they have been clearly seen, they have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, glory to God. It says we can look and see in this earth realm by what God has made. And then we can see from that, we can see God's invisible qualities, which is his eternal power and his divine nature. It says it is being understood from what's being made. And here's the purpose. It says so that people, watch this, are without excuse. Glory to God. God says, I, for, for those of you who don't even understand spiritual things, he says, if you would stop and just pay attention to what I have created in this natural world, if you look at the development 
of how things take place in this natural world, he said, then you would begin to see and understand how spiritual things work. He says, because I put things in the natural because I knew you were going to be overly led by your five senses. He says, but I didn't want your five senses to work against you. I gave you these five senses so that you could see what's happening in the natural so that it will point you to me so I can show you what happens in the spiritual. Glory to God. He says, so that people are without excuse. Go ahead and type this in the comment section. Say, I am without excuse. Oh, yeah. We're going to be stepping on some toes this morning. Go ahead and say that. Say, I am without excuse. And so this morning, what I'm going to do, I'm going to tell you in advance what I'm going to talk about. Then we're going to talk about it. And then we'll recap what we talked about, because we're going to talk about steps to spiritual maturity and what it means to grow up in Christ. And now that we understand that we are without excuse, that we, that, that we can look at the natural and glean what is spiritual, here are the natural things we want to think about when it comes to growth and development. So there are four things we're going to talk about. Number one, we're going to talk about how there must be a desire to grow. There must be a desire to grow. We can look at nature and we can see how it works in nature and then understand how it works in our lives in a spiritual context. So there must be a desire to grow. The second thing is there must be nourishment in order to grow. There must be a desire and then there must be nourishment in order for growth to take place. And then uh, the third thing we need is we need exercise and practice. Somebody say practice. I know that Alan Iverson video where he says, come on, man, this is practice. We talking about practice, not the game, practice. But practice makes perfect, or at least it leads to improvement. It may not work perfect in the sense that it's without flaw, but practice makes perfect improvement, okay? So you're going to need exercise and practice. You need that in the natural in order to develop, and I'm going to show you how you need it in the spiritual in order to develop. And then the fourth thing we're going to talk about is the need for both time and patience. Time and patience. And when we talk about patience, you guys already know the kind of patience I'm talking about. I'm not talking about sitting around and putting up with it. No, sir, no, ma'am. I'm talking about consistency. We need time and we need consistency. We need time and consistency in order to grow up in Christ. So the purpose of this lesson, the purpose of my teaching this morning is to study the steps that are necessary for each and every believer to take so that they can grow spiritually. It is my desire as your pastor. It is my desire to see you grow in the things of God. I can't tell you how important that is to myself, to Pastor Sean, to Pastor Ralph, to Pastor Chris, to Pastor Chandra, to every leader in this ministry. That's what we talk about. We talk about the desire we have to see the people of God who are connected to Fellowship of Champions, Church International, to grow and become in every area of their life. We want to see you excel. We want to see you win. We want to see you achieve. We want to see you be recognized for every gift, talent, and ability that God has placed on the inside of you. But you can't do that if we don't teach these kind of messages from time to time, because every now and then, watch this, all of us need a kick in the pants. All of us. <laughs> all of us need a kick in the pants to say, all right, you've been doing really good the last six months, but now is not the time for you to get stagnant. Now is not the time for you to sit around and think that you have arrived. We all need growth and development on a continual basis. So here's going to be our guiding questions. Here are the questions that we're going to use to guide us through this teaching this morning. Number one, we got to ask ourselves, what does it take to grow up and become spiritually mature? What does that take? What does it take to grow up and become spiritually mature? And then number two, why do some, or in some case, why does so many Christians not grow as they should? If we can answer those two questions, we can begin to deal with the things in our life and also be equipped to help other people move forward. Okay. So again, our two questions are, what does it take to grow up and become spiritually mature? 
And then why do some, or in some cases, why so many Christians do not grow as they should? We must understand something. God's word presents the blueprint that we should take to move toward growth and spiritual maturity. When you use a blueprint uh, for your house plans, it tells you where everything goes. On that blueprint, it tells you where all of your electrical sockets should go. It tells you where all your studs and truss should go. It tells you everything about how high the ceiling should be, how, how long and how wide the room should be. That blueprint is a picture of what should manifest. God's word presents to you and I a blueprint of what should manifest in our lives when we grow and when we become spiritually mature. The blueprint lays out the plan by stating the importance of three key things. Number one, studying the word of God, Bible study. I don't just mean church service. I mean you spending time reading the word. That's one of our four commitments, remember? So it lays out the importance. If you study the Bible, it lays out the importance of God's word. Now, obviously, when, when the Bible was, was, was being spoken out, they didn't have a book. But the Bible says that this book was written for our learning, praise God. So now we get to learn by reading this book. We get to see the character and the nature of God when we study his word. We also need patience. Again, there's that word patience. You know it means consistency. We need to have consistency in our life, consistency in the things that God has told us to do, consistency in our faith. Hard times may come, but we don't give up, cave in, and quit when they do. We keep doing what we were told to do when God instructed us to do it, no matter what it looks like. And then what we need is we need some practice. We need practice. Why is practice is important? Because practice gets to demonstrate to you what you actually know. See, a lot of times you can have a lot of head knowledge, but having head knowledge is not the same thing as having demonstrated ability. Demonstrated ability says that not only do I have the information, I actually have the wisdom to employ this information in my life. And so we need some practice because what is practice? Practice is action. The Bible says that faith without action or faith without works is dead. So it's important for us to make sure that we understand that, yes, we need some practice. OK, and so God has given us a blueprint. People understand the concept of growth and physical development in humans. There's entire classes that people can take even at the university level about human growth and development. We know what's supposed to happen prenatal. We're supposed to know what happens as soon as a child is born. We know what happens in the early uh, toddler years. We know what happens in the early elementary years, what happens in middle school, what happens in high school, what happens in college, into young adulthood, even into late adulthood, even into the geriatric stage. There is studies that you can read that tells you everything that's supposed to happen during those stages. And we know and we understand why each of those stages are important. And we understand the milestones and developments in each of those stages. We all know that babies, when they are born, are immature. They're immature both physically and mentally when they are born. However, it is our expectation for all of those babies to eventually develop out of that immaturity state in both the physical and the mental. If they don't, then we recognize that there is a problem with their development, okay? And so God says, look, just, just study what happens to a baby. And if you study what happens to a baby, you can begin to understand how you are supposed to grow and develop spiritually. Why? Because spiritual growth is a similar concept, except spiritual growth is actually far more important than just your physical growth. I didn't say your physical growth wasn't important, but your spiritual growth is going to determine whether or not you ever get to the place where one, you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And then two, are you going to actually get a chance to experience days of heaven on earth? And then number three, when you leave this earth, will you be spending that time in eternity with the Father? Understand, growth is defined as development or improvement toward a goal 
called maturity. Let me say that again. Growth is defined as development or improvement toward a goal called maturity. The Bible uses the word perfection, but the word perfection in the Bible doesn't mean to be without any flaws. It means to be growing and maturing so that every day you're better than the day before. What, when, one per, when a person is born again as a child of God, he or she is spiritually immature. Most of the time when people come to Jesus, they don't know a whole lot about Jesus. Um, they, they, they know that they need to have a savior. Uh, and, and, and most of the time, they don't even know what it means to be Lord. We just they just they know that they've got this this burning desire to be connected with someone who who is greater than them. And in some cases can deliver them from hell. Uh, can save the eternal life. That's what they come looking for. But as time passes, he or she should develop the qualities or abilities which the Bible says characterizes a mature believer. So that's what we're talking about this morning, how we're going to grow to become mature believers. There are many scriptures that describe the need to grow and mature spiritually. If you look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14 and 15, it says, be no longer children, but grow up in Christ. It says, don't be, don't be children anymore. Okay. You spent some time in that immaturity state. You spent some time in that, in that, in that state where you were without uh, information, revelation, or instruction. But now there's a time coming that we need you to no longer just be children, but you need to grow up in Christ. Second Peter chapter three, verse 18, it says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There it is again. Grow up in what? In grace and knowledge of who? Our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. He says, you may come to me as your Savior, but as you grow and mature, you begin to recognize and understand that I too should be the Lord of your life. And then 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3 says, the Thessalonians grew exceedingly in their faith. The Bible calls them out. It says they grew exceedingly in their faith. In other words, they, they, their faith didn't remain small. It may have been small when they first started, but it didn't remain small. Glory to God. I declare that for some of you this morning. You, you, your faith may have been small, but it won't stay small. You're going to begin to exercise that measure of faith that God gave you, and your faith is going to grow stronger because you're going to grow up spiritually. And as you grow up spiritually, your, your faith is going to get stronger. Your faith is going to be bigger. You won't be what Jesus called, oh, ye of little faith. No, no, no. It's going to be like when he said, I have not seen so great a faith in all of Israel. You're going to have great faith. In Philippians chapter one, verse nine, the apostle Paul prayed this prayer. He prayed that their love would abound more and more. As I said before, we're a church teaching you to walk in love, live by faith, and experience God's prosperity in every area of your life. Our prayer is that your love would abound more and more. What does that mean? Your, your love for, for God and the things of God would grow more and more and more and more. Many people have problems that result when they fail to grow. A lot of the problems that people are facing, they're problems that they wouldn't face if they were if they were on the right developmental track. Because when you refuse to grow, when you refuse to develop, then several things could happen. For some believers, what happens is they end up going back to the world. They feel like what the world had to offer was better. They got a little pressure relief when they came to Jesus and things were so bad in their life and Jesus began to turn things around. But once they felt like things were better, they didn't, they didn't, it didn't take all that. They didn't need to be at every prayer on Tuesday night. They didn't need to on Wednesday night. They didn't need to be at every prayer on Friday morning. They didn't need to go to every refreshed Bible study or come to every service or listen to strategies for success all the time. It just didn't take all that anymore. It took all that for them to get there. But then once they got there, it didn't take all that anymore. So they end up going back to the world. Others, they begin to cause strife because of ignorance, and they become stumbling blocks for other people because of the worldliness that's still in their heart. They won't get, they stay in the church, but they won't get the worldliness out of them. 
And then they, what they want to do is convince other people that, that it's okay to, 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 to love God and cuss a little bit, that it's okay to, to love God and sleep around a little. It's okay to love God and to, and to, to drink a little. It's okay to, to love God and, and do whatever else you want to name, but they know in their hearts they're wrong, but they don't want to put forth the effort to grow up because they like the immaturity. They like what comes with the immaturity. They like what comes with being indifferent to the instructions of God. And what we're doing here at Fellowship of Champions is we want to drive that foolishness out of your life. We want to drive that foolishness out of you. And we want you to come to the realization that it is better to be mature in the things of God than to be mature or indifferent in the things of God. And so just as a baby needs to do certain things to grow physically, so believers need certain kinds of activities to grow spiritually. Babies need to do certain things. Believers need to do certain things. When believers don't grow, it is because they lack one or more of these four things we said we were going to talk about. They either don't have a desire to grow. They either don't receive the nourishment to grow. They don't get any exercise or practice. And they don't have any time or patience that they put in to be better than they were. These are the four things we're going to talk about this morning. So let's talk about this first one, this desire to grow. You got to have a desire to grow. Go ahead and type in the comment section. Say, I have a desire to grow. We will never grow unless we want to grow. Let me say that again. We will never grow unless we want to grow. In the physical realm, children want to grow. Children want to grow up. You hear children say things like, I want to be just like my mommy. I want to be just like my daddy. Uh, in my generation, everybody wanted to be like Michael Jordan. I want to be like Michael Jordan. I can't wait till I'm 16 so I can drive. I can't wait till I'm 18. Oh, I can't wait till I'm 21. We get the idea of wanting to grow. Nobody says when they're five years old, I want to be five forever. They just know. Little kids want to grow. They want to hit those next milestones. Parents and kids become so excited when kids learn something new. Think about how excited you got when your kid took their first step, when your kid said their first word, when they when they brought home that first little ugly picture from kindergarten. I know y'all said, oh, my God, Pastor Edward. Listen, you know that picture was ugly. It was pretty because your baby did it, but that was not a work of art. But you loved it because it was the first thing that they had done, right? Everyone wants to develop some new abilities. Parents sometimes use this to encourage their children. Well, likewise, in spiritual matters, Christians must want to grow. Believers must want to grow. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2 and 2, it says that we should desire the pure milk of the word so that we may grow thereby. He says that at some point, we, we, we gotta, we, the milk is good, but we got to start desiring something that's just, we, we got to get off the, off the breast milk. We got to get off the Similac. We need to start having strong meat at some point in our spiritual development. But sadly, in the body of Christ, people are crying for the milk. They're crying. I don't, I don't want no word. Just sing some songs. Entertain me. Let me see the mime dance. Let me see the praise dance. Give me five minutes of sermon and then let me go home because they don't want anything that's going to cause them to have to grow and develop. And that is a trick of the enemy. See, sadly, some folks seem to like being spiritual babies. I say it. Some people enjoy being spiritual babies. They don't want to grow because it's easy to be a baby. So says, what do you mean it's easy to be a baby? Think about it. As a baby, you have no responsibilities. Somebody else feeds you. Somebody else clothes you. Somebody changes your diaper. And then when you look at it in the church, if you're a baby in the church, you don't have to teach. You don't have to pray. You don't have to help anybody. You don't have to tithe. You don't have to give. You don't have to give your time and your efforts. You don't have to, you don't have to rebuke anybody for their sinful behavior. You, you, you're not going to listen to nobody rebuke you for your sinful behavior. You don't do any work. It's basically a free ride. You show up and you take, but you don't give. You become a parasite because that's what babies are. Oh, Pastor, how can you say that? Well, think about it. When a woman is carrying a baby, I know it sounds bad, but that baby's a parasite. 
It is, it, is, it is taking nutrients from the mother. It is taking strength and energy from the mother. The mother is nurturing that baby. Whatever the mother takes in, that baby's taking in. And that's okay for a particular stage. But nobody wants to still be doing that for their 15-year-old. Amen, somebody. No one still wants the 15-year-old sucking the life out of them, right? You want to have that 15-year-old living their own life, hitting their own milestones that a teenager should be hitting. Well, the same thing is true for us as believers. See, understand, being a baby is not a life goal. <laughs> Glory to God. Somebody type that in the comment section. Say, being a baby is not a life goal. Or you can say it like this. Being a baby is not a flex. Being a baby is not a flex. Just because you don't grow, just because you can curse and you don't feel no condemnation, you can sleep around and don't feel no condemnation, you can do whatever you want to do and be disobedient, don't feel no condemnation, that is not a flex, baby. That is not a flex. That's not the goal in life. The goal is that we grow and mature. We are born babies so we can grow up. So we can be productive. So we can be useful. Likewise, when we are born again, we are born again because the goal is for us to become mature Christians so that we can actively serve the Lord. One of the conditions for becoming a child of God is repentance. One must make a decision to turn from sin. And we don't talk about that enough. But if you're going to be a child of God, you can't be playing with sin. OK, being born again means I throw away that sinful nature and I pick up my new nature. I become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Right. I must make the decision to turn from sin and go to work in God's vineyard. Then one must bring forth the fruits of repentance. If I say I'm going to repent and change, then what I'm producing should look different. It should be the fruit of repentance. I used to produce disobedience, but I'm born again. And now the fruit of my life is obedience. Understand, this begins to lead us to grow and improve in the works that we do for God. Otherwise, we have not accomplished our purpose for even becoming children of God. What's the purpose of becoming a child of God if you're still going to act like your father, the devil? See, we're supposed to be growing and becoming. Our desire is to be pulling each other with us every single day, growing and becoming. How do I know this? Because the Bible tells us or teaches us in 1 Peter 2.21, it says, for to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. He says, listen, you have been called into this life and you are supposed to follow in the steps of Christ. And Christ came 100% God, but also 100% man. And the Bible says that he grew in, in strength and maturity. Understand, Jesus set the example for us and we should follow in his steps. We should ask ourselves, do I want to grow up to be spiritually strong like Jesus? If that's not your desire, you have to ask yourself, are you even a child of God? Because as a child of God, you're not any little kid. Little kids want to be like their parents. Even if their parents are bad, you take a little kid who sees their mom or their dad, who's a criminal, who, 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 who's a bank robber, who's doing all this uh, stuff you see on TV where they got their kids and they're out doing this bad stuff. Kids grow up and want to be just like their parents. Why? Because they want to follow in the footstep of the example that they see. Well, you and I ought to be the same way. We have a spiritual father. We have an elder brother in Jesus Christ, and we ought to desire to be just like them. We must maintain this desire to grow because a lot of people get born again and they have a desire to grow. But then the, the, the cares of, of the world, the trials of life begin to stunt them and they lose the desire. Type this in the comment section. Say, don't lose your desire. Don't lose your desire. Some believers who once wanted to grow, lose their desire. They may start off on fire for the Lord, but then they lose their zeal for whatever reason. 
They develop a spirit of indifference. They develop a spirit of negligence. Other people, they develop to a certain level of maturity, but then they become stagnant. They become satisfied thinking they don't need to grow anymore. They, they feel like they have arrived. They feel like they, 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 it doesn't take all that anymore. You know, when they first got born again, they were studying their Bible every day. Now they're picking up their Bible once a, once a week or once a month because they feel like they know everything. They get stagnant. But the truth of the matter is, and hear me, church, the truth of the matter is we have the potential to grow and expand and develop in our walk with God every single day. We never arrive. We will not arrive until we see Jesus face to face. The Bible says we know today in part, but it will not be fully revealed to us until that time. And so because of that, we always need to remember that we have the ability to learn more tomorrow than what we know today. The scriptures teach us that growth is always needed. Somebody type that in the comment section, say growth is always needed. Philippians 3, 12 through 14, even the apostle Paul, as he matures, he tells us to do not consider ourselves. He says, Paul says, I don't even, I don't even consider myself to have achieved perfection or maturity. He says such that I could see striving to improve. In other words, the apostle Paul says, listen, I forget those things that I've accomplished in my past. I forget the failures that I have uh, messed up in my past, but I press on to greater accomplishments. What did he mean? Did he mean he just keep on doing the same old thing he did? No, he says, I've learned from those past mistakes, just like I learned from the achievements. I've learned how to improve on the, on the achievements for the next time, and I learned what not to do so I don't suffer the same failure. Every day I'm growing and becoming. Matthew 26, 31 through 35, Peter, thought he had reached a level of certain maturity. And he said, I will never deny you, Christ. But we find out that Peter actually did deny Christ. Why? Because he had thought more highly of himself than he ought. He was like, I will never, no matter what, I would never deny you. And the Lord said, before the cock crows three times, you, before the cock crows tonight, you'll deny me three times. And sure enough, he did. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, it says, therefore, let them who think he stands take heed lest he falls. He says, everybody who thinks they have arrived, he says, take heed. He said, because if you don't, you're going to be the very one who ends up falling. So you cannot lose your desire to grow. You must have a desire to grow and you cannot lose that desire to grow. Now, once you have the desire to grow, what do you need next? You need nourishment. You need nourishment to grow. A child cannot grow physically without proper food. Good parents are concerned about the proper nutrition of their children. They want children to eat what is good, not what's bad for them. You understand, we can look at this in the natural. God says, look at the natural and you will understand the spiritual. Parents want children to put in their body what is good for their body, what's going to strengthen their body, what's going to aid in, a, in, in their immune system and help them to overcome sickness and disease. Good parents want that for their children. Well, the Bible says if you being evil can be considered a good parent, then of course, God, who is a great parent, how much more does he want for us to put the right kind of things in our spiritual bodies so that we too can be nourished? We have all been touched by those pictures that we see on late night television where they have those children who are starving due to poverty. They have those flies flying all around and they have the little... Um, oatmeal or mesh or whatever it is that they're having to eat. We've all been touched by that. Most children want nourishment, okay? They want nourishment. Babies cry when they're hungry. They cry for food. Even you as an adult, you need and you want food and, and will get an attitude if you go too long without it. <laughs> Some of y'all listening to me right now going, all right, Pastor Edwin, it's been about 40 minutes. Uh, I'm starting to get hungry. Listen, because you start to get hangry if you don't have food. Why? Because you need food and you want food. Some of you want it several, several times a day. Why? Because it nourishes your natural bodies. Well, likewise, spiritually, we cannot go without feeding on God's word. 
We must feed on God's word. First Peter 2 and 22 says it like this. It says, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that they may grow thereby. He says, newborn babes desire God's word. He says, and at some time, we, we need to get off the milk and then get on strong meat, but it's still nourishment. He says, but everybody desires nourishment because it's necessary to grow. Second Peter 3, 18 says, grow, there it is again, in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Matthew 4 and 4 says, man shall not live by bread alone, right? Man can't just live off of physical nourishment. He says, but by every word that does what? You know this, proceeds out of the mouth of God. We must eat God's word. Scripture shows us the need for regular nourishment. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11 through 14, lets us know that Christians were rebuked for not growing as they should. When you read that, you will see that time and time again, believers were falling away and they were becoming spiritual midgets because they did not eat properly. They were stunning their growth. And there are so many people in the body of Christ who are literally starving themselves spiritually because they will not take the time to eat of God's words. If you read Acts chapter 17, verse 11, you read about a group of people called the Bereans. The Bereans were able to determine whether truth was taught or not because they had spent time searching the scriptures, the Bible says, daily. They had searched the scriptures daily. So when a falsehood showed up, they were able to recognize it. That's what God wants you and I to do. He wants us to know his word so that when false teachers and false pretenders and preachers and evangelists and apostles and bishops and whatever they call themselves, when they, when they come and try to teach something other than God's true word, because you have studied the authentic word, you will know what is false. You've heard me say this before. The U.S. Secret Service doesn't spend time studying counterfeit bills. They spend all their time studying the real thing because they get the real thing so engraved in them that it becomes easy to immediately spot something that is fake. You don't have to go and try to read 15 different religions to find out what's true. Read God's word. And if anything doesn't line up to God's word, it can't be held out as truth. That's why the Bible tells us in Psalms chapter one, verse one and verse two, it says meditate. That means to think on, to mutter, to ponder on God's word. I love this day and night. Meditate on God's word day and night. Children and adults need physical food regularly and get very upset without it. <laughs> but we are way too comfortable. We are way too content to go days and weeks and sometimes months and years without taking time to feed on God's word. We need to ask ourselves this morning, right now, do we make use of the opportunities that this church provides to give us spiritual nourishment? See, you can't have 100 people show up on Sunday and 30 on Wednesday night. That, 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 that doesn't make sense. And if, if that's the case, the replay should be much, much more. But, but the same number of people showing up on Sunday ought to be the same number of people showing up on Wednesday should be the same number of people showing up on, on Wednesday for prayer and Bible study and then showing up on Friday for prayer. Why? Because you ought to be taking the opportunities that your church gives you in order for you to grow. You got to ask yourself some tough questions. Ask yourself, I'm serious, today, ask yourself this question. Listen, it's Super Bowl Sunday. And if you're a Chief fans, go Chiefs. If you're an Eagles fan, go Eagle. If your team is out of it, listen, just cheer or, or just have, have a good time watching the game or better yet, watching the commercials, right? But you got to ask yourself some tough questions after you finish watching that Super Bowl. You got to ask yourself, how much time do I spend during the week watching television? How much time do I spend during the week watching sports or some form of entertainment or reading magazines or on TikTok or Facebook or Instagram? And how much time am I spending? And then how much time am I spending on some hobby or some outside interest? And I don't mean it's being something immoral or illegal. Just how much time do you spend? 
Do you play racquetball, you know, during the week? How much time do you spend? Do you go bowling? Do you ride your bike? How much time are you spending? Just ask yourself the question and then track it. And then once you get all of that information, come back and ask yourself this question. How many hours do I spend reading my word? How many services do I attend at my church, the place God, the place I said God called me to? How many times have I missed but went back and, and watched the replay? Or do I just chalk it up to I missed service? It's okay. It'll come around again. What do you nourish the most? Is it your spirit, man, or your physical body? Are you feeding your mind on God's word? Or are you just eating pleasures? You got to ask yourself, because as a believer, you need regular nourishment in order for God's word to cause you to grow. So we said you got to have a desire to grow, right? And then we said that you certainly need nourishment to grow, right? And then the third thing we said is that you need exercise and practice. Athletes and musicians understand this. They know that they must exercise and practice in order to improve. Exercise and practice are essential to development, both in the physical and in the spiritual. Developing skills requires continual repetition. It's why at this ministry we say all the time, do not despise what? Repetitive teaching. Why? Because you heard it hearing it one time doesn't mean you're going to be able to go and live it out. You need to hear most things a minimum of seven times. And when it comes to spiritual things, you may need to hear them 14 to 21 times because the enemy wants to come and steal away the word from you as soon as you hear it. So you have an adversary who's fighting against you from receiving that word. So you need to be hearing it continually. Playing a song, throwing a baseball, shooting a basketball, running a race, lifting weights, people who do those things, they practice for hours and hours and hours. In fact, there is some research out there that says it takes you about 10,000 hours at a minimum, 10,000 quality hours at a minimum to even begin to broach the idea that you are somehow an expert in a particular subject. And so ask yourself, even last year total, did you even spend 10,000 hours total last year doing something that would feed your spiritual nature? And if you didn't, then you got to make the decision that 2023 is not going to be like 2022, that you're willing to grow up and mature and you're willing to put forth the effort for the things you say you want, for the dreams you say you have, for the manifestations you said God wants to give you then you got to put forth some exercise and some practice. Children practice skills over and over and over in order for them to learn. As children of God, we must do the same. Children learn to walk by trying over and over again. They are proud to learn a new word, and then they'll use that new word. The first time your child learned the word mama or dada, they wove that word out. They wore it out. It was cute at first. When they first said dada, you were so happy they said it first. When they said mama, you were so thrilled they said your name first. But then four years later, when all they can say is mama, 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 mommy, mama, 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 mama. It just, you like, whoa, can you get a new word? Can you call your daddy sometime? Why? Because what's cute at first isn't cute if we don't grow and develop into something else. Listen, kids want to play the same game over and over and over. If you ever been with a little kid and you start playing a game and they like it, you better you, you better have some time on your hands. They're going to play, play peekaboo with a little kid. I'd be on planes sometimes and I know I shouldn't do it, but a little kid would be looking and I'd be like, peekaboo. And listen, the next three hours, that kid want to play peekaboo the whole time. Well, I started that. And so I can't be mad, but kids love playing the same game over and over. That's why your kid wants you to read that same book. Over and over and over again. I don't know how many times we read Chicka Chicka Boom Boom to Taylor. We read that book so many times, I think we had to get three or four different ones because we, we wore that book out. Why? Because they want to hear the same thing over and over and over again. They sing the same songs over and over again. I was so glad when Taylor grew up and she didn't want to hear that Barney song anymore. We sung Barney so much. Oh, my goodness. I, I got sick of the Barney song. It, it, what? But kids want to do things over and over and over. 
So if you say you are a child of God, but you but you're telling me you don't you don't want to hear the word over and over, you don't want to pray over and over, you don't want to commune with the Father over and over. I'm wondering whether you ever got born again. I ain't saying you didn't. I said I wonder. I'm wondering whether you ever got born again because God says we can look at what's happening in the physical and determine the spiritualness to it. And so if a little kid wants to do something over and over and over again, because that's an appropriate de developmental stage, as a child, you ought to want to do the same thing over and over again, at least for some time, because it's appropriate at that age development. Understand, as parents, we encourage our children to repeat what they must learn. We drill math facts into them. We, 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 we drill spelling words into them. We drill piano lessons into them. They may get tired, but we encourage them because we know that repetition breeds learning. Repetition breeds learning. That's why we say, come to prayer. We say, come to refresh Bible study. We say, come to praise and worship. We say, come to the huddle. We say, show up for Sunday celebration. Listen to Pastor Sean on strategies for success. We got all of this stuff going during the week. Why? For your spiritual development. But you refuse to eat a meat and potato meal. You want to eat a Jolly Rancher. And you suspect that to sustain you. You've got to grow up and mature. Exercise and practice are essential to spiritual growth. How do I know? Because the word of God tells me in Hebrews 5.14. It says, those who are of full age, by reason of use, they have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So you take a little kid, about three years old. And if somebody comes at that little kid and say, hey, can you come help me find my puppy? If you haven't taught that three-year-old any different, they're like, yeah, I'll come help you to find your puppy. And they'll walk off with a total stranger. Why? Because they're a child. They have childlike mentality. But if you've trained them and you've taught them and they're older and they understand that, the Bible says at some point, by reason of use, their senses should have been exercised. They should have had some practice looking around and seeing and determining what is good and what is evil. And when someone comes to them and says, hey, would you come help me find my puppy? They're like, man, I don't know you. Mama, daddy, I don't know who this man is. Ask me to come help him find a puppy. Why? Because they've had their they've had their senses exercised. If you don't read your word, come on, somebody. Then when the when the devil brings a lie to you, he tells you that God can't heal. He tells you God can't get you out of this financial situation. He tells you God can't repair the relationship. Right. When that happens, if you haven't had your senses exercised by the word of God, then you fall prey just like the three year old does to the stranger asking them to come help look for a puppy. Now, I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. Now, you got to You got to have some exercise and some practice. You don't like that scripture? Let's go to first Timothy four and seven. First Timothy four and seven says exercise yourself forward, forward godliness. Exercise yourself forward with godliness. In other words, I need to be finding out what is godly and practicing it. I need to be doing it on a regular basis. Amen. On a regular basis. So I need, I, I, there's three things. I need a desire to grow. Let's go back to it. Okay. And then I need nourishment to grow. Okay. And then I need time to exercise and to practice what I've learned. Okay, that's why you can't always find yourself in a situation and start talking about, oh, Lord, woe is me. Why am I going through this? This is practice. This is your time to exercise those senses that the word of God has been working on as you have read your word, as you prayed in tongue, as you've taken communion and as you have not missed a service. Okay, as you've done those things, now you get to go out in the real world and practice. You know, I live in Springdale and not too far up from me is a park called Helen Tyson Park. And at Helen Tyson Park, they have a batting cage there. And, and, and when baseball season starts, which is getting ready to do, you'll see all kind of kids uh, up there at that batting cage, just swinging pitch after pitch after pitch after pitch after pitch after pitch. And, 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 and their parents are paying money for them to go and for a machine to shoot a ball at them and for them to swing. Why? Because they're, they're trying to develop muscle memory. 
They're working on, on their, their foot placement. They're working on how they, how they drive with their hips. They're working on how they choke up with the bat. They're working on how they swing. They're working on their hand-eye coordination. Why? Because when the game comes, when the game comes, they don't want to strike out. Some of you wonder why you're striking out in life because you don't spend any time practicing. You don't spend any time exercising your senses. And then when the enemy comes up on the scene, you're wondering why he won to and uppercutting you. Because you ain't never practiced. You ain't practiced bobbing and weaving. You ain't practiced using prayer as your weapon. You ain't practiced using praise as your weapon. You ain't practiced being obedient so that the, so the God can move on your behalf and, and move the enemy out your way. You're trying to do it on your own. And the devil is wearing some of you out. But I declare better things for you. I declare better things for you that you're going to begin a, become a person who desires to grow, a person who seeks out the right proper nourishment, and a person who's willing to practice and exercise. Because when you that do that, then you qualify this for this last one, which is to, 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 to employ time and patience. Time and patience. Listen, by definition, growth requires time. Growth requires time. Nobody is born on a Sunday in our full age by Saturday. It just doesn't happen that way. God says, look at the natural order of things and you can glean spiritual principles from it. In the same way that it takes nine months for a woman to incubate and house that baby so that it can begin to live on the outside some of you, there are things God has told you about you in your life that he has put on the inside of you, but because you haven't taken any prenatal vitamins, glory to God, you're not eating his word so that you can nourish that thing that he's placed on the inside of you. You're wondering why it's taking so long to birth it. It's because you're not feeding it, glory to God. Some of y'all going to get this. You're not feeding that dream that God gave you. You're not feeding that business that God gave you. You're not feeding the opportunities he's opened up for you. The guiding word tells us that God has thrown open the gates and that he has called supernatural things to come on our behalf. And that when we see it, there shall be an ease that comes over our life. You got to make sure that you are not allowing time to wear you out. You got to be consistent and have some patience in what God has said. You got to have some consistency that you feed your spirit, whether it feels like things are going right or whether it feels like everything is running off the track. You got to be consistent in what God has called you to do. Do not expect to reach your goal overnight. If you haven't spent time building that business, how do you expect to just show up tomorrow and be on the scene? Pastor Sean and I was talking about this uh, the other day. We were talking about how people say, man, you blew up overnight. No, you didn't. You blew up over 15 years in a night. You blew up over 10 years in a night. You blew up over five years in a night. Most of the time when we see people in their success, we have totally missed all of the time that they spent doing what they were supposed to be doing, developing the consistency in the thing they believe they were called to. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some people who are just gifted and talented. But even if you're gifted and talented, you got to spend time practicing. You got to exercise that thing, that, that gift that God has gave you. You got to steward over that thing. And so you're going to need time and practice. Children do not become full grown instantly. And spiritually speaking, neither will you. At birth, children are small, so small you can hold most of them in a small basket, but soon they outgrow that basket and then they outgrow their newborn clothes. And then before you know it, you're having to buy them new clothes every month because they're growing so fast. And then eventually some of our kids become bigger than we are and they can wear our clothes or sometimes they wear clothes so big we can't even wear. Why? Because they grow and they develop. The same thing happens with us spiritually. The problem is that just like children can be impatient, I want to be 18. I want to be 21. I can't wait to my mom and daddy house. And then they get to adulthood. They be wishing they could go back to be 12 again. They wish they didn't have no bills. 
They wish they didn't have no responsibilities. They wish they didn't have all these other things that we thought was what we could have and we wanted to grow up, right? We were impatient. We wanted to rush life. Can't wait to graduate high school and then you blink and then 10 years done went by. Or in my case, 30, 30, 32 years done went by, right? Because you become impatient. And we have to make sure that we are not impatient when it comes to the things of God. We have to make sure that we understand that there is time involved. But even while I'm involved with time, I'm supposed to be being consistent to the thing that God wants me to be doing. I have to be consistent and I have to practice and do the things that I'm supposed to do. Likewise, spiritually, we cannot expect to be perfect overnight. Okay, I'm not perfect. I've been in, I, I, I've been involved with ministry since I was 19. I am not perfect. Am I better than I used to be? Heck yeah. Do I desire to be even better? You better believe it. Am I going to give myself excuses when I blow it? Nope. I'm going to repent. I'm going to ask God to show me what I did wrong so I can get up, stand up, straighten my shoulders, and continue on the path that he's called me onto. Because that's what it means to be mature and to grow. It means that I grow up and I become better than what I was. That doesn't mean that Someone should be condemning you if you're not growing as fast as somebody else. This is not a comparison, but at the same time, you got to ask yourself, what are you doing to grow? Because it's not just, well, you know, I can't grow as fast as Pastor Sean. Well, no, not if you don't spend any time reading the word and she's reading it every day. Well, you know, I just can't develop in love like Pastor Ralph. No, not if you cuss everybody out every time you get mad. You have to practice and develop in the thing in order to become mature in it. Sure, you may stumble sometimes. Sure, you may fail sometimes. But the thing you cannot do is give up and quit. You cannot just become uh, 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 used to the mundane of, oh, well, this is just how I am. No, you have to say to yourself, you have stopped growing and you need to do something different. In the same way that an athlete, when they're training, they sometimes hit what's called an exercise plateau. It means that what they was doing before, what they was eating before, what they were lifting, doing their weights, what they was doing, doing cardio, that doesn't fit anymore. They're no longer able to either lose the weight or maintain the muscle doing the same thing. They have to do something different. Well, the same thing is true. Maybe reading your Bible once a week when you were born again was a lot. But now you spent time enough with God that reading your Bible once a week ain't going to cut it. You got to start doing every single day. You need to grow and develop and mature in the things of God. And at Fellowship of Champions, we're never going to let you off the hook with that. So if that makes you uncomfortable, if you say, man, that's just too tough. Listen, hell is tougher. Hell is tougher. And I ain't even talking about hell like when you spend eternity. Living your life where it feels like hell is tougher. Okay? Most people will not change until the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of change. And I'm telling you, you don't have to be that way. I made a Facebook post on Thursday. And on my Facebook post, I said this. I said, the same God that'll rescue you out of that dire and terrible situation is the same God who will give you instruction and revelation to keep you out of that situation. The question becomes, which God are you going to serve? You're going to always be serving the God of rescue or you're going to serve the God of instruction because the God of instruction will get you in situations where you don't have to be rescued and go through all that trauma that comes with having to be picked up out of the ocean, picked up out of the volcano, picked up out of the pit all the time. You can learn to walk with God and receive that ease that the guiding word talks about. The Bible says this in John 1 and 4 as we get ready to close. It says to become perfect and mature, to become entire, to be lacking nothing, we must have, here's this word again, patience. Now another word for patience, consistency. Let's read it again. To become perfect, okay? To become mature, to become entire so that you lack nothing, you must develop consistency. You must develop consistency. Understand, sometimes newborn babies, they want to know everything to do right away. Newborn babes in Christ, they want to know everything. They want to know everything to do. 
They, 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 they may not be willing to take the time to study and develop and grow in their abilities. And if we don't understand that, then what happens, we can become frustrated with the grace that God's put on our life. The same is true for partners who may be mature. You cannot forget that where you are today, you didn't get there overnight. So you have to learn to be a person who can truly disciple new believers. You can't be irritated with new believers. Now, you can't condone their bad behavior. You sometimes need a, they need a swift kick in the pants to say, hey, God's not pleased with that. I love you, but you got to get on track. And here's how I can help you get on track. You and I are going to get in this word because you need a desire to grow. And then you need some nourishment to grow. And then you need some exercise and some practice. And then you're going to have the opportunity to develop because God's going to place some time in your life where you can develop this act of consistency in your life. Understand, sometimes people say things like this they, to Pastor Sean and I. They say, listen, I was never, ever taught that in the Bible before. And I used to think that people were joking. I used to think they used it as an excuse. But the longer I have pastored, the longer I've heard other pastors teach sometimes, the way I've heard them explain things, I'm like, no wonder people don't understand that growth and response, the growth and development is their responsibility. I'm telling you, growth and responsibility, growth and development is your responsibility. It is not the preacher's job to preach you into growth and development. It's their job to assist you, but you got to take some ownership of it. If every preacher got banned from ever preaching God's word again, it still shouldn't hinder you from growing and developing. If you got the ability to commune with God, to talk with God, to read your word. So you got you got to you got to let go of the excuses. You can't become discouraged by the mistakes that you make. You got to learn to pick yourself up. I'm telling you right now, you're not going to be perfect. My spiritual father tells me all the time, if you walk with God long enough, at some point you will miss him. God does not throw you away. Get up, repent for what you have done, repent for the way you missed it, learn from it, and then keep growing so that when you see the test again, you will not fail. You will not fail. The Bible says this in Proverbs 29 and 1. It says, a person is destroyed not simply because he errs, but because, here's why he's destroyed, he becomes stubborn, when he is rebuked and he will not repent. Glory to God. You want, you want to know what it means to be a spiritual son or daughter? You want to know what it means to be a child of God? It means you don't allow your heart to be stubborn when God has to rebuke you or, and chastise you and point you in a new direction. When God points out a flaw in your life, you don't get an attitude. Let me read that again. Proverbs 29 and 1. Glory to God. He says, a person is destroyed, not simply because they err. He said, it's not, the, it's not missing the mark that destroys a person. It's not missing the mark that counts them as, as, as void. He says, no, no, no. What destroys them is the stubbornness of their heart when they get rebuked because they will not repent. They will not change direction. They get indignant because God had to call them out on something. And what happens in the church is we don't, we act like we don't want to run people away from God. And so what we do is we water down the word so that we can pat them on the back for their bad behavior. No, at Fellowship of Champions, we're not patting you on your back for your bad behavior. If you have bad behavior, we're going to tell you we love you, that the behavior is bad. You need to change and repent and we will help you. But that's what you're going to hear from this church, because we believe that it's not the error that causes people to be destroyed, but it's the stubbornness of their heart. And God told us that we can use the word of God to drive stubbornness out of your heart. So how do we drive stubbornness out of your heart? You have to make the commitment that when you come to this service, you're willing to hear something to change your life. You're willing to tune in. You're willing to come to prayer to hear something that changes your life. On Wednesday and Friday, you'll make your kids make, you heard me right, you'll make your kids attend Ignite Bible Study. 
You'll make your kids watch the Victory Zone lessons. You'll make yourself, when you can, attend Strategies for Success. If you work during the day and you can't see it, watch the replay. You'll make yourself attend Wednesday night Bible study. If you're working or your kids got activity and you can't, you'll watch the replay. You'll show up on Sunday. You won't take Sundays off. You won't spend that day doing something that, 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 that you didn't have to do. Do we want you to go on vacation and enjoy your life? Absolutely we do. That's why we make it available for you to watch the replay. So subscribe to the podcast. When you're riding to work, instead of you, to you listening to the new Beyonce song or trying to worry about where Beyonce going to be on, on, on tour, listen to the word. Do something in your life that requires you to develop some consistency. And if you will do that, I can assure you that you will begin to see the mark of growth and maturity happening in your life. Amen. Listen, I love you guys. Listen, I want you to enjoy yourself tonight. If you're a fan of football and you're watching the Super Bowl, again, if you're a, if you're a Chief fan, I hope the Chiefs win. If you're an Eagles fan, I hope the Eagles win. I don't have a dog in the hunt. I'm going to be watching to see what the best Super Bowl commercial is going to be. I'm going to be watching to see who's got the best one. At the end of the day, no matter who wins that game, no, it cannot put us in eternity. No matter who wins or loses that game, no matter how good the commercials are, they're not going to help us grow. So whatever time I commit to spending watching the Super Bowl and enjoying it and having a good time, I'm going to make sure that I commit some of that same amount of time to grow and become spiritually mature and growing up in the things of Christ. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Again, want to remind you on tomorrow, Strategies for Success at 12 noon with Pastor Sean. Wednesday night at 7 is prayer. 7.15 is Ignite. 8 p.m. Uh, is Refresh Bible Study. And then Friday at 6.30 a.m. Central Standard Time is Champion Circle. It's the second time we come together and pray. Then we'll be right back here again next Sunday with Pastor Chris and Elder Valley. Uh, they will be leading us into worship over on Christian Valley Worships. And then after they finish, you can jump on right back here where you're watching right now. And you can be here with me and Pastor Sean as we continue teaching how we grow up and mature in the things of God. Amen. God bless you all. I want you to have a wonderful day. Be safe. Take care of each other and always, always walk in love. God bless you.